welcome to SMU Financial Literacy's podcast, Pony Finance 101, break down complicated money matters for you. My name is Elizabeth Guevara. I'm a senior and I work as a peer mentor for SMU Financial Literacy. Today we have Ruth Kinua to talk with us. Ruth is a peer assistant leader at SMU. She's also a president scholar, which is a four-year program dedicated to supporting exceptional students and active SMU students. If a student isn't focused on student debt or their bank account, it can make it much easier for students to focus on their schoolwork. So Ruth today will be talking with us about PALS and some of the support that they help students with. She'll also be talking to us about her experience in the President's Scholar Program and some of the ways that she was able to gain that scholarship. Well, Ruth. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So can you introduce introduce yourself a little bit? You know, where are you from? What year are you? What's your majors? Yes. So my name is Ruth Kenua. I'm a second year student here at SMU undergrad. Um, I grew up in Mesquite, Texas, and I am studying biochemistry and Spanish as my majors. And my minor is public policy and international affairs with the Tower Scholars Program. Awesome. So I know you work at PALS, right? So what are some of the things that you do with PALS? So PALS stands for Peer Academic Leaders, and we consist of second to fourth year students here um, at SMU. Um, And what we do, we really just provide services and workshops or peer panels of academic resources um, that are relevant for the school year. Uh, For example, when it was time for uh, study abroad applications. Uh, my specific group, we hosted a peer panel of uh, fun ways to get credit um, at SMU, where we had Taos, uh, study abroad, and SMU intercessions. Yeah, what are some of the main ways that you guys support students? One of the main ways we support students is through our office hours located in Laura Lee Blayton Suite 100. And there's always, for the most part, going to be a pal there, um, either working on programming for peer academic leaders, pals, or just ready for um, students who have questions regarding their degree planners or um, enrollment uh, time and preparation for classes um, next year. And another way would be us fostering a community within our respective uh, residential commons because PALS is strategically designed to have one PAL for every area or so of um, the dorm. So for me, I'm the PAL for Mary Hay Payton Shuttle, so I covered three buildings, um, but the majority are one buildings, not unless it's like a triplet or quadruple squad uh, there. I think also it would be that we're supporting students by showing them that we are also students, uh, because a lot of the resources we do provide, uh, cons- like degree planners, the previous year when I was a freshman, I didn't necessarily know about that. Um, it was very new, and it's still a bit new, but it's um, more known. So we have to learn um, how to use those services and um, understand maybe um, the areas where we were a bit confused on. So when we are presenting this information to students, we can say, okay, from a student point of view, this is how you go about this, rather than maybe an educator who just knows how the systems work. And to them, it's um, very easy. But for students, they might still be a bit lost on how to navigate um, different 
uh, portals or systems. Yeah, so it's having like that student perspective more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So how is it kind of maintaining that school work balance throughout the year? The way I balance school work is honestly through a digital um, DIY planner. I just went to Google Docs and um, tapped on or clicked on table, add table, and then I made like a table that represents like a monthly calendar. And then every time there's a new week, I would add a row. And that was very quick for me to just quickly type what I'm going to do for today or what's new or what's due and highlight what's due um, with like maybe yellow is going to be for something English or writer. Pink is going to be math or green is going to be science Um, because I had to know myself because if I had a physical planner, it was probably not going to work out because it was just going to add more weight to what I already have in my backpack um, because I take a lot of my notes manually, not digitally. So that's what already takes up storage. Also, for the semester or the year, I had to really understand what do I want out of this year and what I might have to focus on later. So then I understand you're also a president scholar, right? Mm-hmm. So what sort of opportunities has that opened up for you? The opportunities presidential scholars have given me would be connecting um, with previous presidential scholars um, and seeing what they have done so f- so far in their like careers. For example, uh, presidential scholars uh, recently hosted an event um, of a student who graduated in 2017, I, I believe, who is now um, completing her MD and like graduate in engineering a combined degree and also uh, maybe I hear about previous presidential scholars and I ask them hey you have their um, personal email and I can uh, reach out to them there for guidance also he has given me the opportunity to um, study abroad debt-free this past summer I did the SMU internship Seville program um, stayed in Spain Seville (laughs) Um, Andalusia region for five weeks over the summer where I took a medical internship, lived with the host family, and got immersed in the culture. And also just it gave me an academic community before I even started school um, my freshman fall um, semester because I met all of my or majority of my cohort um, interview weekend, which was the spring of our senior year of high schools. And we had um, we had group chats on getting to know each other beforehand. So I already knew someone um, before my first day of college, and I still talk to them outside of class. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. So, I mean, it's an awesome scholarship and an awesome program. But what are some ways, either you know, in high school that you were able to gain this scholarship, and like ways that you continue now to keep this scholarship? I think what really helped me be in the forefront to be a candidate for this scholarship was applying to SMU early. I applied, um, I would say, end of November, early December, before my winter break of my senior year of high school. And um, from after that, SMU reached out to me and said, hey, please fill out these like four questions regarding like how you're going to maximize your SME experience and we're going to match you with one of our scholarships. 
So I said, okay. I didn't even understand what the Presidential Scholars Program was all about because I just knew growing up because I frequently went to church around um, here in Highland Park. SMU, it's an expensive school. So I said, okay, I completed it. Then they reached out to me saying, oh, you're like a finalist for Presidential Scholars. Come here for uh, interview weekend. So then um, when I went there, I... I just made sure I knew my resume in high school and I was able to show my passion um, and that I was not scripted. It was just whatever whatever answer came to me. But yes, of course, um, during high school, I would say I I made sure to stay on top of my grades, take rigorous courses. I did um, exactly 16 AP courses. Then before covid the SATs, as ACTs, standardized tests were always emphasized about because I knew of other scholarships where it was like you had to get this specific f- score to get um, potentially recognized by a full ride scholarship to this in this Texas school. So I really studied for the SAT. Um, I didn't buy any course. I was not financial capable to do so. I just used free resources such as Khan Academy that helped me get into the 99th percentile. And stand out academically that way. And then um, the other opportunities I did was the UT Southwestern Stars program, which was the summer research program for um, high school students after their junior year. And honestly, it wasn't even just because I did all those like extracurriculars activities. I kind of put it into a story of why I did it. Um, so I had to I during my high school year, I maximized my um, activities by explaining the why Uh, for example like with UT Southwestern Stars program yes I did research but why did I do it Um, it was because I said I had to as a first generation immigrant learn of academic opportunities I knew I wanted to do something in medicine like be a doctor after visiting um, my home country Kenya but I wanted to see if, do I like science? Do I want to help people through the root of science? Um, so um, the research program helped me um, defirm that I do like science. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I, I would say what really helped me was at that I built a foundation in high school because if it's time to apply for scholarships where you don't really have much to talk about, it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Yeah. Did you have to write an essay or anything for that scholarship? Oh, yes, I, yes. That's the most important part. Yeah. Well, how did you go about, like, what do you think made your essay kind of succeed? What made my essay succeed was that I consistently went to um, people that would help me sophisticate my essays. English or writing is not my strong suit. I'm a math and science person, so... I kind of would just word dump everything. I had a system of knowing who who had what strength. So I would write my essay, go to my counselor. She would help me edit the grammar. Does this sound right? And then um, afterward, I would go to my literature teacher that would help me bring more like character of my writing. And also, I think a trick with the essays would be that once you have one good long or so essay, like 500 or 750 words, you can use that same essay and tweak it for any other, like, college essay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so sense. that's what made me 
um, successful. Yeah. So this is the financial literacy podcast. So we got to talk a little bit about finances. So do you have any, you know, basic tips about budgeting or just like, you know, having money as a college student? Like, how do you how do you handle your money? I would say you have to understand everything adds up. Before entering college, my principal told me like, oh, be careful. Don't buy Starbucks all the time. It might be five to ten dollars every time you get it, but that five to ten dollars ends up being like two thousand by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say I learned how to take care of my finances through discipline because in the past, maybe like my freshman year, I would spend it on this and that. And then when it was a time when I needed to spend money, but I didn't have that much, you think back of the times you just spent that money carelessly and say, I could have saved. if I didn't buy that. So it was that always playing in my mind that would I regret this transaction in the future when I'm looking at my bank statements? And because for me, sometimes I'll get scared, let's say in high school, checking my grades after tests. I'm like, ooh, but you can't do that with um, a credit or a debit, Yeah. yeah, a credit account. After you spend maybe after a week or so, you need to look. You can't say, ooh. I'm kind of scared. I don't know how much I spent. I just swiped and swiped because at the end you might spend way more than you expected. And I learned that when I was in Spain because I was like, I think I spent like just a hundred or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was actually two fifty. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for talking with me. Thank you for having me. I hope my answers helped. They definitely did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. As always, SMU Financial Literacy is here to help you. Email us at financialliteracy at smu.edu with any questions and follow our Instagram at smufinancialliteracy. Pony up! This podcast is a resource for students in regard to personal financial management, including budgeting and saving techniques, incurring and managing debt, and in general dealing with their personal resources. The presenter of this podcast and those leading the interviews are not certified financial planners, licensed as financial advisors, or experts in the field of financial aid. However, guests interviewed may include professors, financial advisors, or others with expertise in the area which are covered by the podcast. Each individual that listens to this podcast should consider that the information presented is not financial or investment advice, is general in nature, and is not specific to the facts of any individual.